Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Sebastian Winkler. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Shadow Labs. I welcome you to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy podcast. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. And this is the podcast. It's episode 150. So a very special episode for me. I have been through a long journey with this uh, podcast. I've had lots of interesting guests. And today is going to be an excellent episode because I have the co-founder of Perpetual. His name is Carlos Polo. And he is uh, on the other end here. We're going to have a good chat about his uh, app. Now, just to give you an introduction, I've never done this on the podcast before. And I want to do it for you because I think it will help us frame our conversation about this. And I'm going to play the video on the Perpetual website. If you just go in, you can either check out theappguy.co and go to the show notes for episode 150 with Carlos Polo, or you can go to perpetual.net. That's perpetual with double L.net. And you can have a look at this video. So I'm going to play the video. And it's basically a guy... Uh, he jumps into um, a crowd and it's crowd surfing. And, and uh, Carlos has come up with this new, uh, I, I guess, new uh, terminology called contacts surfing or contacts crowd surfing. And uh, let me just play this. So what it's saying there is it's saying uh, crowd surfing. Have you ever seen crowd surfing? Trust in people. I love the messages it's saying. Carlos, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, how are you, Paul? Uh, excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, I love that video. Uh, you, we've got a, how did you come up with the idea of contacts surfing? Yeah, I, I, we love concerts indeed. We, we like music and, and we were wondering why uh, don't create a, 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 an app that is based on crowdsourcing and, and that app uh, makes the same thing that in concert crowd do to the singers, that is hot them. So uh, yeah, we, we, we just uh, did this video to explain that your phone book can be uh, real time updated by your friends if uh, your friends just take uh, in charge of their own data. That's the, the main idea of the behind the video. Yeah, so just for the benefit of the Appster tribe listening to this, you have uh, developed an app. It's called Perpetual, uh, which can be found on the Android and the, the Apple Store. And the idea is that we keep our contacts uh, in your app. And uh, every time we update our own contacts, it, it basically perpetuates through to other uh, people who have the app and, and they can have real-time updates. That's it, that's it. We thought that the, there is a, a statement from Goet that says that if you leave everyone people swept the, the door of, of their houses, the world will be clean. So based on that messages, we decided to create an app that uh, allows you to keep your address book always updated with the help of your friends. That's, that's the, the goal of the app, yeah. 
it's absolutely genius. And I challenge anyone listening now to go to some of your old devices. We've all got them hanging around, an old phone, you know, one of those future phones we used to use five years ago. Have a look, open it up and look at the contacts. And I bet you 90% of those contacts are out of date. So it shows how regularly we are updating our telephone numbers and our emails. And uh, and so this show is to inspire entrepreneurs. And I did notice that you are a professor of entrepreneurship, or that is part of your past. Uh, can we talk about, you know, how you ended up developing this company, this app, and your journey with your co-founders? It's uh, my, my story is quite uh, interesting because I founded my first company when I was 25. Today I'm 37 years old, so <laughs> quite, I'm getting old. But... <laughs> Not as old as me, yeah. But... <laughs> That my, my first company was a services company. We, uh, I created a company to provide professional services in, in terms of, of software integration to companies, a business-to-business com- uh, services company. And uh, uh, luckily for me, it was uh, quite a good success in Spain. Uh, today, that company employs more than 50 engineers, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty big. And uh, after 11 years working in that company and, and leading that company, I decided to, to focus on, on the business-to-consumer space. And I created in, in 2011 a company called Documents that was a, a new document format that improved the PDF. But I had to close that in two years after some BC rounds and uh, some revenue streams that I could create it, uh, I had to, to close it, to shut it down. Uh, so uh, last summer, uh, I was without a company uh, and deciding to back, go back to my previous company, to NTS, or create a new one. And what I decided is uh, to create a new one because I fo- I, by that time I felt very down, still very young. <laughs> so I, I decided to, to do what I like most, that is creating companies. And the main goal was to create something that is useful for people. And by that time, I, I just sent an email to the, my, my whole phone book to say, hey, I just sat down documents, my previous company. I'm going to create a new one uh, in some months when I recover from this hit. And, and the point is that I had like 40% of my email sent bounced back. So I said, whoa, I think we got to do something uh, related to this issue, to this problem. So I found it uh, then perpetual. That is a wonderful story. And I just want to reiterate that uh, we've had some uh, entrepreneurs on the show before that have built something for their own uh, their, their own problem. And uh, for example, we had a guy who uh, built an app that was a podcasting app. And it was just for him. Uh, the problem that he was you know, having with his current podcasting apps. And then he's getting about 900 to 1,000 downloads a day. So it just shows that one of the things we can learn from you and from others is that be very um, ob- observant with uh, the problems in our life. Try and find solutions because ultimately the, the, when we roll these, pro- these uh, solutions out, then they could be quite big hits. Um, uh, thank you for being so open as well um, about the failure as well as the successes. We've all got to experience them so here's my my next question which is that there there is some people listening right now who are at a crossroads in their career maybe they're working for a company Um, maybe they want to try to be an entrepreneur if you think about your friends who are working in nine to five jobs and you could have imagined 
you doing the same thing? Do you think you've done the right thing in being being an entrepreneur compared to working in a nine to five job? It depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so today. But today is a great day because I'm talking to you. I feel famous for a day. <laughs> great. Now, seriously speaking, it really depends on the day. What I what I've learned from these uh, 14 years working as an entrepreneur is that uh, your day uh, one day can be great. Get the other, the next one can be just awful. You're on a roller coaster of emotions. And the most interesting thing is to being able to do the average uh, and to not to get very happy when you get good moments and not to fall very deep when you get a bad day because it's not uh, that you lose the war, it's just a battle that you lose. So making the average uh, on your emotions, uh, it's the uh, right thing for uh, keeping... Uh, same in terms of not going uh, full in, in, in this world of entrepreneurship and creating new. Because you know what, Paul, when you are creating an app, when you are creating a new uh, innovation, the demand doesn't really exist in the market. So you are treated like a, like a, like a madman. You, you are not uh, like the regular ones that are working for companies that work for a already created demand. Your demand may be not created yet. So the first months or maybe years are super hard and you get to do the average on your emotions. If not, you won't be completely mad. Yeah, this is a, a podcast that we try to get to the truth and uh, be very open. And I could not agree with you more because, like, for example, my, my day is very good today. Uh, I, I'm talking to you. It's my episode 150, which makes me reflect upon the, you know, the success of this show. And also I've, I'm pitching. Um, I've got a couple of entrepreneurs who I'm building some, potentially some apps for and I'm, I'm giving them the prices today. So it could be a, a good day for me. But you're right. There are days where you just. Um, have really bad days and uh, what I've learned and I'm learning from you in this journey is is just to enjoy the journey itself um, because ultimately you can beat yourself up but it's the journey that makes us who we ultimately become which are, are entrepreneurial app developers um, so perpetual then uh, how did the launch go how did let's talk about um, the build-up to the launch because you had the idea and I want I want to take you know your journey with this from that one first moment when you you had all those bounce backs to those those emails and then what you did to get this into a reality because most ideas would have stopped with that hey I've got this great idea and that would have been the end of it how did you get this to um, reality Yeah, based on the previous failure I just told you before, what I did just was to create very concrete milestones. So uh, I got the idea, let's say, in June last year, June 2013. On July, I got my two co-founders with me, uh, working together in the same space, in the same office. That was the first milestone, because if I couldn't be able to, if I couldn't manage to get uh, co-founders, the idea could, I could have some uh, branches, I don't know you, you, to explain, but yeah, the first milestone was that one. The second one was to... Uh, create uh, a useful MVP, uh, a useful prototype. To do that, we spent like three months on developing and let's say like two more months on, on improving the first idea and doing a lot of uh, whiteboard work with some uh, ideas on uh, uh, redefining the goals of the app. 
And we finally launched the app on, on the last days of December 2013. We only had for those days 900 uh, euros on, of marketing budget because we didn't have any, any funding round. And the goal for us was to expand those 900 euros marketing uh, in a month and measure the results. If we could manage to uh, go more than 5,000 downloads in a month with, those, with that marketing budget, we will keep working on the idea. If not, we will shut it down. Uh, we succeeded. In February 2014, we got 30,000 euros from a business angel. That is not a lot of money, but as long as we are not getting payrolls and uh, the expenses are very low today, uh, we established another milestone that was had more than 30,000 registered users uh, by June this year. We got it too, so we get another milestone with new funding, and we are expanding today like uh, 1,000 uh, euros uh, to get half million users by the end of this year. This is the next milestone for us. Well, first of all, that's great insight because there's so many of the Appster tribe listening right now who are manically writing down a lot of that stuff because we can use it in our own businesses. So what I, I'm so impressed with is the fact that you had five months of working on the MVP and the, the app, uh, and you then had given yourself one month to shut it down and or, or keep it going, uh, depending on the milestone. And I think that's an important lesson because so many app developers lose a lot of money because they just keep beating up a, a, an, an idea that doesn't go anywhere. And so I think that's a really good lesson. I'd love to know, with that $900, what you did with it, because um, that, that's a great achievement to get 5,000 downloads for a brand new app. From <laughs> it's, it's quite funny because I, I spent that money in some blogs to get published. Uh, but uh, the fact is that the most interesting blogs don't get your money to get published. They publish you if they feel interesting. If not, they don't publish you. Uh, it doesn't matter if you pay or not. Mm-hmm. So uh, the best results of those marketing budgets uh, came from non-paying posts on important blogs. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So, you, so, so you're saying um, literally the, the blogs that don't charge, but you did a, some kind of press release or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that then they, they were giving you the most traffic that, compared yeah, to the paid o- options. Yeah, but to be really honest with you and the audience, the, the best proof for me was uh, my close friends to get the app up and running and feel them feel it uh, useful, really useful. And being honest with you, they, they told me, hey, Carlos, this, this is useful for me. I want to get it in my phone. So that's the market is the king. If, if you can have very extremely good ideas, but the market have to agree on that. And uh, the only thing you get to do is to prove it. And the best thing to do it is to prove with your friends or family or, or close market. You don't need to, to launch an app on, on San Francisco. You, you have to do it in, in your place because if your place find it interesting, then it will be fine interesting too in San Francisco. So that, that, uh, another lesson there, I think it was one of my earlier episodes between 10 and 20 is with Greg Vodica, and he talked about apps must be wildly useful. He used that word and it sounded to me like you got your friends, family, people around you to use the app and you got feedback from them and they said, yes, this is uh, you know, a wildly useful app and that gave you the confidence as well as the 5,000 downloads to move forward. Um, and so then you then, I guess, started to... Um, fund the idea 
and approach? Did you approach venture capital capitalists, uh, angel investors? How did you get uh, money into the company? Uh, living in Spain, I, I do actually live in, in the Basque country. We are based in the north of Spain. It's good and bad at the same time. It's bad because the venture capital is a local business. I mean that the venture capitals don't need to go uh, in a two hours plane to lose their money. They can lose the money uh, in the same city they live. So uh, we don't have a lot of venture capitals here. But the point is that when they find that the business is getting traction, you don't need to go to talk to them. They knock your door and, and say, here, you are my check. Go and spend this money in the best way you can. So that happened with, to us. I, I had some... That, that was a good day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's knocking on your door with a check. <laughs> yeah, but because I, obviously I had the contacts previously because uh, I got like a million euros fund in my, my, my previous company, that one that I sat down. So I got contacts and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to launch this new business. I'll let you know. So instead of sending them business plans weekly, on a weekly basis, I, I, I still send them the metrics. And, and when they feel that is the time to invest based on the traction, based on the, maybe the pre-money valuation of the company, based on traction and revenues and that, they knock your door. They don't want to lose a good opportunities. So every, everything is about traction indeed, yeah. Well, again, uh, we've interviewed the authors, a co-author of Traction, a book called Traction. And uh, that's a good episode to go back and listen to for anyone listening, um, because it's all about traction. And what I'm also learning from you, Carlos, is that uh, net, your network is incredibly important. And even though uh, you did go through two years of uh, something that was ultimately shut down, you still maintained a really uh, strong network. And that has led you to get that knock on the door and uh, with a, someone waving a check saying, we want to invest in you. Um, so w- did you ultimately at- attract them via sending metrics of what downloads, installs, um, the the uh, the length of time that you're keeping users on, in, in the app, that sort of stuff? Yeah. In fact, the metrics were very simple, but it weren't vanity metrics. It were real metrics. And it's a, a chart that says uh, how many users that installed the app one month ago still are using it. That's it. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's the most important. And, yeah. and how are you getting those metrics? Are you using a third-party service within the app? Yeah. We use several different uh, providers to do that. We use parse.com. We use uh, mobile app tracking. We, we got our own technology to do that. We, we are using different providers. Wonderful. So that again... This is just full of an amazing stuff, hence why it's episode 150, because the, the entrepreneurs listening right now who have their own apps, you know, I, I can imagine a lot of you are not sending out metrics to influencers uh, that can, you know, potential investors. And that's something we could all be doing and even maybe um, uh, publishing some of those metrics and being very open and transparent and do, blogging about them and getting, you know, some attention. Hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously you're giving me lots of ideas it's key it's key Paul imagine you're an investor Uh, investors usually want to invest on on new demands on new demands market because those markets are the markets that really grow very fast and don't have competitors because markets with already established demands have a lot of companies growth is not that big so they want to invest in companies not having demand yet and uh, they want companies to create new demands. Why Facebook or social networks grow that way? Because 
there was a, a hidden demand that was uh, unbundled. So when, when you are sending them metrics, they can perfectly understand if you are creating a new demand and if that, the growth on that demand is, is, is good enough. And if metrics go along with you in the, in the journey in, in, and, and your marketing actions uh, make them grow uh, in an exponential way, not, not in a linear way, they won't wait to invest in your company. Because yeah, because and also, I, do you think that being open and transparent about your metrics, like you've obviously been very transparent about the numbers here, is actually a, a very beneficial thing to your business? I, I for sure, I, I, I think it is. I, I even send metrics to uh, to investors that are quite far to invest today because they got bigger tickets, because I want them to know how the growth is. And on the other hand. I don't. I, I. I'm not really uh, disclosing uh, confidential information about the business because I'm not saying. I, I'm not telling about revenues or revenue streams or business models. I'm just telling about the traction and traction. It doesn't have any confidential information. The point is that you can feel ashamed if you don't succeed, but uh, the point of not succeeding is keeping trying without the brain, without without having. And a clear idea that you have to shut down in a moment. Uh, if if your metrics are not good, you can shut down the company three months, and nobody's going to tell you something, and you're not going to be ashamed. That's the point. The, that's the only maybe problematic thing uh, of being that transparent. Yeah, yes, and uh, you know what I love about doing this show is that I can do what Steve Jobs always talked about, which is connecting the dots and. Uh, You're reminding me of a chat that I had, uh, a bonus episode a long time ago now with a New York Times bestselling author and uh, app developer called Joel Com. And the way he ended up uh, having his successful launch of his app is he published his metrics, uh, the metrics that was getting him into the uh, Apple store and the charts, you know, and because that data was so... Um, revealing that uh, it got picked up by a lot of press and he ended up getting uh, an app that uh, called iFart and uh, it's been a wildly successful app over the years and obviously kept him very happy (laughs) but uh, again it's just what we can be doing with our metrics and so many of um, the uh, app developers I know listening uh, right now and I challenge you if you're listening and you haven't published or at least talked about your metrics or been honest and, and shared with them because you're thinking, I'm not going to reveal this stuff because someone will steal the data or someone will steal the idea. I think we need to overcome that, don't you? Um, overcome that fear of people stealing ideas and uh, and trying to copy because it's more important to to obviously just be transparent and get, get stuff out there. And there's another point, Paul. It's about motivation. Have you ever tried to, because I'm Today I'm quite fatty. I'm not doing a lot of sports. So what I'm trying to do is a diet, and every day I send my wife to a WhatsApp group that makes me, you know, to keep motivated uh, following my diet. So if you, if you publish your metrics in a weekly basis, you you out you self motivate you because you you need to improve the metrics week by week, not month by month or or quarter by quarter, but week by week. So it's uh, another interesting point of view. That is wonderful. So, uh, and what, what, in terms of, we've got about eight minutes left on the show, Carlos. So what I like to do with the guests uh, that I have on is, uh, one is to potentially talk about uh, maybe another app idea that you've potentially had that you would like to share with us. And if you've got an app idea, that's great. And we can go through it. If if you don't, then we've got another way of 
getting an app idea out of this conversation. Uh, so I'm going to ask you straight up, do you have uh, any app ideas that you're willing to share with us? <laughs> yes, I can. In fact, I got a text file on, on my computer that uh, anytime I came up to another idea, I just wrote it down. The problem is that uh, when I reviewed it uh, a couple of months ago, all those ideas are quite uh, stupid, but <laughs> I can share a little with you. Uh, the, the last one is uh, about uh, networking. Uh, there were, a, there were a, a marketing campaign last Christmas in Spain about passing the passing the the ball. That was something that you installed in your mobile phone, and just by shaking it up, shaking your phone, you send the ball to another person. Uh, it was what it, it was uh, done to get funds for uh, the Red Cross. But I think that it could be interesting to do some, you know, LinkedIn emails, the, the thing you use to contact to people that you don't get in, in first or second uh, connection in yes. LinkedIn. Something like that. For in example, LinkedIn? Yeah, but yeah, okay. in an app, yeah. For example, you need, a, you need a, a plumber for your house and you don't, you don't know a good one. You send the ball to your friend sending, hey, I need a plumber. Can, can any of you uh, introduce me a good one? And if some of your friends know a good plumber or whatever, professional service, just send the ball to, to that person. So you can get in touch with people, not based on LinkedIn, but based on the real social network that is your phone book. Uh, that is a genius idea. Yeah, rather than like this social media network that we have which is i mean you know i've got i think three thousand followers on twitter and i'll be very open i'm not communicating with all of those people all of the time but the uh, 50 to 100 people in my phone my contacts i am communicating and it you're right it's having real relationships and uh, just reminding ourselves of the the fact that yeah we have to have real relationships and i think you're onto something what we, what we could call it um uh, hmm, need to think of an app idea but uh, anyway that, that, I think that's something to go on so if you're listening to this right now there's an app idea for you um, go ahead build that we'll um, I'm sure be the first to download it yeah I will fund it too so I get some savings to that idea <laughs> all right okay there you go you might get uh, some investment money from uh, Carlos as well to build that idea uh, that, that's the thing isn't it Carlos you know as an entrepreneur you must have so many ideas and just not enough time to work on any of these so that's why I just serve my ideas because I want them to I want other people to create it the world was more fair if good ideas are shared yes and that's again that theme in this podcast is uh, open and transparency. And again, so many uh, people coming into being an entrepreneur who have worked for a long time in a corporation, uh, I think are quite fearful of being transparent because they believe that, like, for example, uh, just a couple of days ago, someone approached me uh, with an app idea and I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of kind of secrecy around the app and it was just simply um it was a pretty interesting idea but uh, nothing worth you know an nda yeah. uh, and obviously he's thinking that as soon as that idea goes out then everyone's going to be jumping on it and stealing it and that's just not the case no but, no and and if if it was the problem is that it's all about execution you can have the same idea as me but execution will be completely different yes and i guess we could almost have another episode on execution because that's a a, a very important topic. So 
to wrap up, uh, the other thing we like to do is ask you as a smartphone user, uh, what one or two apps you could recommend to us that you think may not be known to us. Uh, some Something, uh, you know, not the usual stuff, but something you may use in your life that you think will benefit us. I love those uh, simple apps that you don't need to open every day, like uh, social networks that you have. You're the slave of social networks in your phone. I, I love Proprietor because it's uh, living in the last screen of your phone. You just have to install and forget. And those ideas of uh, apps that you install and forget are very interesting for, for, for me. Swarm app uh, from Foursquare is... Oh, Swarm. Yeah, Yeah, you know, that's interesting because that got so many negative reviews and I I downloaded it, you know, because I'm a Foursquare fan and uh, I've been using it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's genius. Uh, I like what they've done with it. And uh, but people don't like change, do they? There was a huge backlash. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like Joe. Have you ever used Joe app? No, I haven't. No, Joe. Joe. Why? Oh, yo. Oh, yes. I've uh, uh, Well, I've used it three times. (laughs) (laughs) I love Joe because it's, uh, I don't, life is too short to to do a lot, to to tell a lot of explanations to some people. For example, my mom always asked me, hey, whatever you land uh, in your flight, just make make me a call. It's much more uh, easy to send him, to send her a Joe (laughs) or uh, these kind of things, you know. So I use Joe a lot for doing this kind of stuff. Carlos, I want to reward the listeners to getting through to this 30-minute uh, mark in the podcast. And I'm going to reward them by giving them a multi-million pound idea, okay? <laughs> I think that with the announcement of the Apple iWatch, uh, we could take Yo to a whole nother level by having uh, a system where you just press one button and it gives um, the vibration on the watch to the you communicator. Yeah, that's it. That's the point. Yeah. So Yo for Apple Watch, I think, would be a genius idea. One little press of a button and it goes through to the the person you're sending it to and they get like a small vibration and it's unique to that individual. It's the same mechanism as uh, the... the, the phone calls, the missed phone calls that teenagers usually use to send messages like, hey, I'm right here, come here, or whatever. Do me a missed call, and that's it. it send me a Joe, and I will get the message. Actually, I wonder if, we're talking about iPhone specifically, I'm more of an iPhone user than Android, I have to confess, uh, but there must be a way to manage the vibration of the the smartphone, and is there a way then of making a unique vibration for your in a circle of contacts so that then you can send a yo style vibration so that you know people can get that secretly through just hearing the the, the unique vibration i'm just wondering if that's an, a potential it'll be great idea. for big meetings <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, carlos this is great i love i love exploring new opportunities and uh, so let's finish up by asking what the best way is to connect with you and reach out and get in touch yeah, you can you can drop me an email to uh, cpollo at perpetual.net. And yeah, I will be uh, answer as soon as I can. I can be also reach at Twitter. My account is Carlos Polo Gil. And yeah, that's, th- those are the two best ways to contact me. That's Carlos Polo 
G-I-L. G-I-L. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, so I'll put those as links to the show note. Again, uh, if you want to go and get some of those links, then just go to theappguy.co, go onto the podcast tab, and it's episode 150. Uh, Carlos, you have been an exceptional star, very worthy of episode 150. Thank you so much for sharing this insight. Thank uh, I recommend uh, we're all going to help you out by downloading Perpetual and giving it uh, a five-star rating. I'm going to go and do that right now. Um, th- thank you, Carlos, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.